This is a Payone Media production. Now do you hear me on clean feed? Negative. Huh. Okay, now you should actually hear me in club. I mean, not club deck. Clean, clean feed, no. Hold on. Hold on. Because I just changed. There we go. I hear you on clean feed. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but it's time. Damasi and Michael just talking tech. Because I was getting just a bit concerned there. Just a little bit. All right, which channel do I have you on over mute here? Me in Clubhouse on the AirPods. So people just hear me in Clubhouse through Clean Feed. Hello. Press Control Option Space. Wait, you weren't supposed to hear that. Clubhouse heard that. Really? Clubhouse wasn't supposed to hear that either. Try it again. I didn't do anything. That is a second computer that is wired in my lap. Oh, man, hold on. I'll tell you about it. So it, it's, it's my MacBook Pro Intel that I didn't get rid of, fortunately. Uh, but for some reason, it was yakking at you. I think I just turned it off, though. All right. Why did you hear that, though, is the question, because you really shouldn't have. Okay, let me check all my Perfect. stuff. Tell me if you hear this. No. Okay. I hear me cleanly in clean feed or in uh, clubhouse. I don't know what you changed, but there for a second I was like super low, but now I'm a decent level. I have not done anything. Okay. Not a thing. <laughs> and this is why we're done at episode 100. <laughs> and that's the show opener. All right, man. See, because it's just too much trouble to do all of these things. Where's Jeff? Uh Jeff is gone. He's like, you ain't going to do it on my birthday, so I'm not going to join you. He didn't really say that, but. <laughs> but that's really what he meant, though. Okay, I got he, you. He, he called me while I was at the bar with Amanda, my sister, and Mallory yesterday. And I'm like, Jeff, we're out celebrating your birthday for you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, are you having cake? I'm like, I have some of Andrew's cake left, so we'll, we'll eat some of that for you. <laughs> oh, man. So, welcome to DM100. I don't have anything specifically planned aside Put from... Put the applause in. Oh, Put wait, the applause in. DM yeah, 100. See, you know, too much delay. Welcome to DM 100. We made it. Do you hear it looping? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I don't really have anything planned aside from uh, just primarily throwing these this episode together so the boys are going camping tomorrow i've got a couple of editing projects i'm working on and i told demasi yesterday because we were going to record yesterday that i'm just going to throw the episode together do some noise reduction because i always got to noise reduce my side and sometimes demasi's not too often but uh we'll go ahead and up uh, uh clubhouse heard a female tts that was uh voiceover oh okay I don't know if that makes a difference, but it won't come through on the recording, so we'll just carry on, and that won't get edited out, because we're not going to edit stuff out from this one, because I'm too lazy. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I was I was making sure I had, uh, whatchamacallit mode on, uh, focus mode. Focus mode? I was going to say, do yeah. not disturb. Yeah, same so difference. So February 21st, 2017 was when we published our first episode. That seems really? like so long ago it does what is that like uh that's five years that's over yeah. five years yeah 
What was our first episode, Mike? Yeah, our first episode was Manage That Inbox. Oh, this is back when we were trying to both do like Inbox Zero, huh? Yeah. Gave that up. We chat with you about how we're handling our overwhelming inboxes, and neither of us are using any of the tools we talked about then. None of them. I just don't check my email. (laughs) (laughs) That works, right? For the most part, anyone important needs to talk to you on Slack. Uh, twist, man. We're all on this twist now. Yeah. More slack. You're on this twist. I don't think I put it on my iPhone 12 yet. <laughs> it's so weird to pick up the iPhone 11 and then the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 11 has like all these things on it. Oh, by the way, they fixed uh, Ira on the latest iOS beta. Ah. So, or the latest iOS beta and the latest Ira work well together. I don't think Apple fixed the beta from what I understand. Ira made the changes so that people can, because what was happening is the Ira agent wasn't able to hear you and you weren't able to hear the Ira agent. Now people can hear each other. So have you played with the Ira desktop lately? Whoa. Okay. That was confusing for a second. Yeah, I know. I was just checking to make sure the live stream was working because for people who don't want to sit in Clubhouse, they can go to yourownpay.com slash live because you know what? I set that up, I don't know how long ago, and it just sits there. And whenever we stream, it goes out. And 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 neither one of us really think about it usually. I don't Look, think we've ever a, promoted it either. We did after the first time we used it successfully, and then we kind of forgot because I kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm sort of surprised that it still works, uh, but it does. I have not. Is that on its believe. own server, or do you have Shoutcast on the your own pay server? That is no, that is on its own server all mm-hmm. by itself. There is no way I'm putting any unknown. I have never used it before. Software on a server with some websites, man, that ain't about to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's a five dollar droplet. You know, it'll be all right. I s- was playing with Azure today, and <laughs> AW- really, <laughs> really took over. Hold on one second. And see, this is why we edit, people. <laughs> this is why we edit. Um, I was playing with AWS and Azure today, and there's a lot of learning material. Like, I almost felt like I was back in college by looking at some of the the training material on both of those cloud services. Uh, AWS will give you free free tiers. Uh, Azure gives you free tiers. They also give you free credit to go beyond that free tier. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that's available that I think some of us just need to take the time to learn about. And Demasi's done that about AWS, I think. Haven't you? Yeah, I have gone through some of their training material. Um, I'm still, you know, learning more and more there. Uh, I did sidetrack for a second to go really sit down and focus on PHP. Finally, because of Michael, thanks to Michael, uh, because Mike as wait, can I tell people about that? The Salesforce Did we talk about that before. We've talked about it. Okay. I just want to make sure I wasn't about to tell someone I wasn't supposed to be telling because, you know, so, know. so, 
So yeah, I haven't told Demasi this, so we're going to throw it out on the podcast now, and he's going to find out. I actually have kind of put Salesforce on the back burner because I got way behind during... For those who don't know, I was taking the BIT Academy uh, Salesforce Admin Certification course. And uh, after convention, I realized I was probably 20 hours, 25 hours behind in when I thought that I was not that far behind. So I will be retaking this course in January. Right now I am doing self-paced going through the material that's available because I still have access to that material, but they're redesigning the course in January. So yeah, right now I'm not doing that, but that motivated Demasi to go learn PHP. Well, so what happened is Mike was doing this thing every Tuesday. So I said, that's what I need to do. I need to start blocking out time to work on things that I need to learn so I can be better, you know, at consulting and implementation and things like that. So first couple of weeks didn't work out all that well uh, because I was working instead of learning. So I have finally gotten around to that. I did start off doing some AWS stuff that I needed to learn um, to make things a little bit more efficient for me. But I think it was maybe two weeks ago I switched over and changed my block of time for about two hours, hour and a half to two hours to learning PHP. So going through a short course right now to get like the basics down and then I will start tinkering with just building stuff around and and following other tutorials. So yeah, thanks to Michael having that time blocked off because hey, I couldn't talk to him and just randomly call him. So I was like, (laughs) I should find something to do so that I don't just randomly call Mike while he's doing his Salesforce course because that almost happened a couple of times. And I actually think it did happen once or twice and I just ignored you. But I think that's important to, we all intend to learn something new. Mm-hmm. And if we don't set the time apart to do it, then we're not going to actually never get learn to something it. new. Yep. And that was really what, what the impetus was. It's like, okay, if I block out that time, then I'll eventually, you know, it did take me a couple of weeks, but I will get around to actually uh, taking that time for what it's for, which is learning. And you have to, you know, at least me, everybody is in this way. But uh, I think the two of us are definitely these people that if we don't actually block off time on the calendar to do something or just make time to do something, it'll never get done because there'll always be, there's always something else to do. Yep. Uh, but for me, at least, if something is on my calendar, I am more apt to one, not forget about it, or at least I'll be reminded a day before. Uh, thanks to my notifications in Fantastical of the event. And I'm more likely to set aside the time to do it. If it's just a vague idea in my head, oh yeah, this week I want to take like an hour to study something. It's probably not going to get done. Right, right. And how are you learning PHP? Because you mentioned you completed one lesson. So what are you doing to to work that into your schedule and to be successful with it? So what I'm doing right now is I am going through a PHP course um, and I will most likely finish this up Tuesday, Uh, but it's called Learn PHP in a Day and it is from SitePoint.com. We'll drop a link in the show notes. So I want to finish that course and do all of the tutorial stuff. I started taking this a while back and I didn't finish it because... Here's the thing for me and anybody else who's trying to learn programming or really learn anything else that is a hands-on, you have to do stuff. Do the basic tutorials that they give you. Do the basic tasks that they give you. Like I usually try to skip the hello world and don't do that because I'm like, well, I kind of know how that works. 
Mm. But it helps to follow step by step if you really want to learn something. And again, at least for me. So if you find yourself struggling, but if you're one of those people like me, it's like, oh, well, I know how to say, you know, I know how to type out the command to print, you know, make it print. Hello, world. Like, OK, let's go on to lesson two. And then eventually you're like, wait, I, I missed something somewhere. So follow the steps. Uh, I am doing that right now. After I finish that little short course up, um, I'm going to either look at something on LinkedIn learning or find something somewhere else that is actually building something a little bit more advanced uh, than what they're doing. I'm not going to jump into WordPress development just yet. I do want to get a uh, little bit more of a grasp of an understanding of PHP and you know all of the little ins and outs of it before I go directly to messing with WordPress because while WordPress is powered by PHP uh, a lot of WordPress code does not directly incorporate the I would say standard what you would know with PHP and having PHP uh, as a language while I know it's not the sexiest thing you know everybody's all about this JavaScript and this Go uh, PHP for me will make me make it possible for me to create things inside of WordPress that I want that nobody else is creating first and foremost. Uh, and one way that I'm also working on improving my skills with it is I'm going to start writing like what I would normally write as a shell script, like write that as a PHP script uh, mm. to run. Just so again, I'm, I'm learning, right? Cause that's how I really learned bash scripting is by starting off by looking at other people's scripts and then learning how to, you know, modify those and, and going on from there, but actually using it to do things. Uh, so that's my plan. We'll see how well it works. I think Allison actually helped me with that a lot by her saying of what's the problem to be solved, because I can jump with both feet first in to try to learn about programming or to try to learn something. But if I don't have an actual problem to solve, I'm going to be less likely to stick with it. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, that That is absolutely true. Uh, and I think that's probably true for a lot of people. You know, for me, the problem to be solved is there are features I want in WordPress. Nobody's making this plugin. I need this capability. Uh, for example, me and Michael were talking about spin up WP and they have a, a, a quick, very quick tutorial. It's not going to teach you anything, uh, really, but a very quick, you know, step by step process of creating your own um, uh, portal admin mm. area for yeah. uh spin up wp using their api right uh and that is something that i want to be able to do um but i want mine to show up inside of the, the customer area inside of wordpress i don't want to just make it a standalone thing if you know mm. so uh that is a problem i want to solve the way that some of the stripe plugins work in wordpress is annoying to me because nobody's really pulling data from stripe directly at least not anything that i have found um, so I want to be able to pull data, push and pull data back and forth between Stripe and WordPress as well. And, you know, WordPress has not WordPress Stripe as a PHP SDK. Uh, so does AWS. So that'll allow mm -hmm. me to, you know, automate some of the things that I want to do as well, as far as like setting up, uh, you know, SES, um, uh, accounts and credentials and things like that so just the php is very useful i know it's not like again like i said it's not the, the hottest language out there it's not the most popular language out there but it is one of the most useful languages out there in my th opinion at least by the way i want to say hi to tia jane doug and Derek. appreciate the four of you for listening live to dm100 yeah appreciate it. dm100 yeah because we didn't get that in there <laughs> <laughs> that's where the notes that's where the show notes and links to things that we mentioned will be on Tuesday yes 
So, um, I'm trying to think of what else to talk about. Oh. <laughs> so, man, we got a few things. Uh, number one, as a reminder, what are you doing with reminders, man? Uh, I knew it. I knew it. So, what did, when did I text you? Friday? Yeah. Yeah, Friday, yeah. I think it was. And I just said I'm looking at reminders again, I think. Um, and Demasi questioned that with the question mark reaction. Like, what? Why are you looking at reminders? So, to-do list is good. But Mallory, shit. Hold on one sec. So Mike forgot he had meat on the trigger. No, Mike <laughs> forgot. So, the entire reason that I switched over to reminders is Mallory said, Hey, can you remind me to call this person on Sunday? And uh, so I was getting ready to talk. <laughs> so what happened is I shouted out, Hey, S person remind me on Sunday to have Mallory call this person. And it worked except for, I didn't get a push notification for it for some reason. And that was the big reason why I wanted to explore using reminders because everything else reminded me when it should have and put a push notification on my lock screen. Uh, I got some tasks done that I needed to do because they showed up today. So now I'm going to go look at reminders, not while we're recording and see why that did not pop up. But one of the nice things about reminders is the notifications are very persistent and the other thing about using reminders is I can simply say to the air or to my watch and say, hey, remind me most of the time when either I leave here or on this specific day to do a task or to get something completed. Uh, apparently that did not work, but that's why I started looking at reminders. Uh, I did spend probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes going through and deleting all of my reminders because I had a lot of reminders in my phone that I just didn't pay attention to or time had gone by and it wasn't very important for me. So uh, I had to go delete all of those. However, uh, once I got them all deleted, the interface actually wasn't that bad. The other thing that I needed to do was delete my uh, different lists that I had because I had a lot of family lists or a lot of lists in general. And yeah, so I've cleaned that up and I've been exploring it and it's not as bad as I remember it being. I think they've made it more full featured. They have done that. A few other advantages to reminders is Hold on, I have to wake the computer back up. A few other advantages to reminders because it is a system app is you, you know, you get that integration with Siri to be able to say, you know, hey, remind me of this or remind me on a certain day. But you also have the ability to say, remind me of something and have it link you back to a specific, let's say, mm -hmm. web page, for example. Or if you're in a message thread, you can say, remind me to tell. No, take that back. It's not how you do it. Uh, I can be anywhere in ios or on the mac and say remind me to tell michael blah 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 and the next time that i open up a message thread to question something strange michael has text me i will get a banner that'll pop up that says hey you wanted to remind michael about such and such and such and such right so some very nice integrations that at the moment no third parties are able to take advantage of um so my thinking behind reminders for you 
and it being strange to me really is I know that they've improved the app a great deal and it is a good app. I know a few people that are using, I recommend people start there always yeah. uh, until you run into a wall that you cannot, you know, overcome. And then you go look for stuff like Todoist or things or OmniFocus, but the cross platform nature of uh, Todoist, I thought always would keep that as a tool that you use versus, uh, Reminders and are you are you switching to reminders or are you just using reminders alongside to do it depending on what the use case is? See, I think that's what it's going to be. Is I'm going to right now. I'm not using Todoist. Uh, we can't have our last episode and not talk about Todoist. I have a love hate relationship with this tool, as longtime listeners know, and I think Demasi may as well. I have not taken the extreme stack that he's taken and deleted stuff out of Todoist. Although, well, no, let me take that back. I did delete some stuff out of Todoist, some stuff that I knew I wasn't going to act on. But again, I didn't get into that habit of going in and completing things like I've been both in it to and out of. I like the built-in functionality of reminders. I don't like the cross lack of cross-platformness. However, I'm curious if remind now if I can get a full sentence out. So now that I have reinstalled Outlook on Windows 11 to play with it and iCloud control panel so I can get access to my iCloud email address, I wonder if there's a way to integrate reminders with Outlook and iCloud so that way I can add reminders to iCloud that show up on my phone. My alternative solution to that was to explore some IFTTT-like services to integrate reminders and Todoist and have some reminders go into Todoist or some Todoist lists go into reminders, if any of that makes sense. I haven't worked that out all the way yet. But you told me that there was a way to do what I was doing with some other wording to get tasks into Todoist. Is that is that accurate? Yes. So you can say... Um, you know, hey, add to Todoist, blah, 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 blah. The uh, problem is, and I don't know if they have come up with different language because I don't I don't really try to rely on uh, Siri for such things because it is finicky at times. Uh, still working tells you on things. That. Yeah, right. Tells you stuff like that. Uh, but the problem that I experienced and several people experienced when, when this feature capability was initially introduced by Apple is that sometimes Siri would interpret your to do list as to do list. And then it would mm-hmm. either tell you, you don't have a remind, you don't have a reminders list called to do list uh, or, okay, I've added that to your to do list. And it's like, wait a minute. No, that's not where it's supposed to go. Now I got to go find it because I really did need to be reminded of that thing. Now, there is the possibility of, say, setting up your own shortcut to add something to Todoist and then just running that, uh, which does work because when we made the short, when I made the shortcut for, uh, hold on. Oh, Club Deck, apparently something went wrong. What went wrong with Club Deck? I don't know. You're still in Clubhouse. I'm still in Clubhouse? Okay, yep. well, I have no idea what we're I feel like that happens gotta... almost once a week. One, one t- every time we record, it gives you some weird error like that. An error occurred? Okay. Uh, completely lost my chain of thought. Like you did when you... Oh, 
So we were able to, with the shortcut that I created for us, to add topics to the DM um, project mm-hmm. in Todoist. You were able to use Siri to trigger that shortcut and dic- you know just speak you know what you wanted to go as a task. So that would also that is also a workaround to having Siri available to add things into into Todoist. Uh, I don't remember if I tested that from the watch or not though. Yeah, yeah. I did like the fact that I I just had to say down into the air. And since I always have AirPods, I guess it's not as important to work on the watch as what it could have been in the past when I didn't have AirPods. Because now I always have AirPods in. So I just shout it out and and it works. And the snappiness of Siri's responsiveness on this iPhone 12 is pretty nice because I can just have it sit on the desk and just shout it out and, and it works. So watch integration isn't as essential as it may have been in the past. Do you want to tell the story of the new iPhones? So if you're interested in how I ended up... oh. (laughs) Do you want to actually tell the story of the new iPhones? Uh, yeah, I might as well. Cause some people have heard it already. Okay. So, yeah. So you've mentioned a couple of times that, you know, something, something iPhone 12, iPhone 12. Mike, you've had an iPhone 11 for a while. So how did you come by an iPhone 12 of all things? Now the question is how in depth do I want to go? So uh, Nicholas lives in Alaska most of the year, and we got a couple of notices, and we usually get them once a year, that says that he's domestically roaming and that if he continues, then services will be disconnected with his T-Mobile service. Because apparently in 2022, domestic roaming is actually a thing. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so we didn't really pay that much attention to the message because, again, we get it every year. He comes down here, visits us for the summer, and goes back up, and that that keeps the the T-Mobile people satisfied, apparently. Well, formerly Sprint people. And maybe this has something to do with it, too. Why they were so strict about it is when they finally did do the switch over to from Sprint to T-Mobile. So Nicholas's mom texts me one day and says, hey, did you turn Nicholas's phone off? I'm like, no, I did not. And then I called it and found out that Nicholas's phone was off. And then I called T-Mobile and found out that we were domestically roaming. And so they went ahead and disconnected that line and we couldn't get his phone number back. So that frustrated me very much so. And I called and ordered AT&T services. Well, Mallory saw a Verizon ad on TV that was offering us a better deal. So she ordered Verizon phones. And, uh, this is why ended- TV is bad. Yes, yes. And we ended up having two Verizon orders coming to our house. Long story short, there was a period where we ended up with 19 Apple devices on the way. Luckily, we've got that all cleared out. I do have five iPhone 12s here four iPhone 12s here and an iPhone 13 Pro Max that I need to mail back to AT&T. Those are going in the mail probably tomorrow or Tuesday. But, yeah, uh, the grand end of the story is we ended up with Verizon. Um, Benjamin and I upgraded to an iPhone 12. Nicholas and Andrew kept their iPhone 12s. And then, uh, yeah, so we have upgraded and are using these phones and I'm, I'm fairly satisfied with the new layout and the new or not layout, but form factor and the new device itself. My iPhone 11 battery had 82% 
of battery capacity left, which I've read that 80% is kind of where you want to look at getting a new battery. So maybe that has something to do with it slowing down a little bit or just because it's an older device. But that right now is my beta device and I'm using iOS 15.6 on my iPhone 12, though I did consider putting beta on it. Oh, well, cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I didn't realize you had kept the beta on the 11 and or put the beta back on the 11 because you were off the beta for a yep. second. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have. I still just have the beta on my iPad Air. I do not have it on my phone. You want to try Because I'm it. terrified of my... I want to try it, but here's the thing. I spent um, a few days using just the Pixel... And uh, I was not happy. Hmm. I was not happy at all. I, I really am not happy with uh, Android as an operating system. Yes, it does work, but it is annoying to me when I'm used to. Again, is that I think a lot of this comes from being used to iOS. Yes. I am used to the responsiveness of iOS. It is very difficult and frustrating to deal with um you know, laggy keyboard response when I'm trying to type. Uh, mm. Laggy or non-responsiveness when I double tap something on the screen. Um, you know, do I double tap several times and, and it doesn't work. It is frustrating, just as frustrating as it is with iOS when it happens where the, the, the screen reader freezes up and I'm trying to do something. I don't, you know, know that it's still actually maneuvering things on the screen just i have no speech feedback uh i ended up accidentally calling somebody uh at like three in the morning one day uh with the pixel and all i was trying to do was make my audiobook start back playing uh because pressing the play pause button on the earbuds was not making it play so i was trying to go in and start my audiobook back the next thing i know one, I'm not in the earbuds anymore. I was using my, my Beats Fit Pros, but I'm not in the earbuds anymore. Everything is coming out of the speakerphone. I am calling someone, and when I tried the magic tap gesture on Android to hang up the call, because I thought that worked. Mike, tell me if I'm wrong about that. The uh, magic tap I, hanging up calls? Yes. Yeah, it should work. Okay, so guess what happened to me? I magic tap because I'm like, okay, hang it up, uh, because I still wasn't getting any speech. And nope, starts playing the audiobook. So now the phone is ringing, the audiobook is playing. I still can't hear anything to try to put a stop to any of this stuff. So yeah, not happy, super not happy. Uh, so that's why I won't put the beta on my iPhone because if it stops working, I don't want to do what I had kept telling Mike he should do. Uh, so I'm glad he didn't do it, but, but I'm, uh, but I'm curious about that. Demasi is that, did you go to the extreme that I did with my pixel when someone asked me, how do I do something? And I knew I was on beta for TalkBack and I was on beta for Android tw uh, 13, um, and go back to stock or is that the beta experience that you've had? So thank you. Cause that is a fair point that I should make i am on the beta of talkback and i am also on the beta of android 13 so some of what happened i chalk up to eh, possibly beta issues like the whole two-finger double tap thing yeah. not hanging up the call start that i will write off to beta the non-responsive uh or slow response with me typing on the keyboard that has been a consistent that, thing yeah that's an android for the entire time that i've been using uh android in uh this program so 
again, being used to the way the iPhone behaves versus having been an Android user for the past 10 years, like some people are, you don't know what you don't know, right? Had I yeah. been using Android since 2012, I might not think there's a big that big of a problem. I would be super excited about everything that they have improved and not really feel like that was a major issue. But having been an iPhone user for more of that time than an Android user, it is super annoying because when I type, I need to get stuff typed and I don't like taking a long time uh, typing stuff. And dictation is not always the solution. Maybe that's another thing that I don't do enough of that other people do, which is, you know, just talk to the phone and tell it to do stuff. I don't like talking (laughs) to this stuff because when it gets it wrong. It means I have to go back. It's sort of like sending a kid to go do something. You know, they're not going to do it right. So why don't you just go do it yourself in the first place? Right. Because I don't right. want to tell you to do something and then you don't do it right. Then I got to fix what you screwed up and then still do it myself. I might as well do it myself right the first time. Now. Sorry, that turned into a rant. This did, is, We're celebrating. It's episode 100. What am I doing? I'm sorry. Uh, you're, you're, awesome. you're, you're keeping with the flow of the show. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever try commentary? I did not because I think, oh, no, you told me to check it out on GitHub. And there's some reason I didn't try it. I think they dropped a beta of something that I needed to test for TalkBack mm. or something, like right yeah. when I was going to do it, and then I forgot about it. Because I keep forgetting about it, and I honestly should go back to it and play with it and see how that experience is. Because I remember it being more snappy, but I didn't give it enough time, and iOS was still my primary device. Yeah, and I think you wiped your phone at some point for some reason, too, uh, yep. which may have been what I did. I, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I should actually give that a try and see how that is working. And I believe we can get that on GitHub, right? Yep. We will put a link in the show notes at yourownpay.com. Great, slash great. Thanks a lot. I've got to go find that. <laughs> I will go find it for you, sir. <laughs> Because you will have a little light editing to do to this. Yes. Uh, so I will go find the links. Just ping me if I don't get a link to you that we need to put in the show notes. That'll be taken care of. There we go. Um, all right. So I will update people on something that I think I mentioned in the last episode, which is I ordered some uh, smart bulbs, smart yep. Wi-Fi bulbs. Met- from oh, we talked about it. So they have arrived uh, and I have set one of them up. Fairly straightforward process. Uh, Again, inside of the box. So I did not know this. I I initially, what I did is I plugged up a lamp. Well, actually, I unplugged the lamp. I took the light bulb that was in there out, put in the smart bulb, plugged it back up, turned the lamp on. And I tried to, and the light came on, of course, because it worked. Uh, But then I tried to just hold the iPhone near it as I was trying to add this, this bulb to HomeKit. And that did not work. I tried scanning the box and did not find a code that would trigger it either. I went into the box and found a little piece of paper that had two stickers on it. Uh, I think the purpose is you're supposed to take the sticker off the paper and put it on the bulb. I did not do that. I just scanned the sticker on the paper Hmm. and it got the bulb connected and added to HomeKit. So now I can control that light from HomeKit. So was the sticker associated with each bulb? Like, did you have to make sure that you matched up the bulb with the sticker? And, and I how did have that work? No, I have no idea what this sticker did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I really honestly meant to go back and like, you know, go over it with Tia and have her tell me like, are these two different things or is it just a code on this paper? What is this? Right. But 
what it essentially did was it triggered, uh, it told HomeKit, I mean, this is my theory, it told HomeKit, you know, just much like scanning any code on a HomeKit device, it told HomeKit, hey, this is the device that you're looking for. Uh, it should be on, you should be able to find it. It found it. It was like, do you want to add this to your home? And I was like, yes. And then I got a, a notification from Eero that a new Maris uh, something smart bulb had been added to my network. And then I was pretty much done with the home kit setup. So yeah, did not go back and check that out to figure out exactly what the issue was or what the thing is. I do believe that each sticker is for each bulb. And just so happens that because they were right there together, it scanned the correct one, I think, but I don't actually know. Uh, it was working and I could change the colors and the kids were liking it. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'll figure that out later. So they a keeper. I would say definitely they are a keeper. Uh, I am on the hunt now because uh, so this bulb is a LED bulb that is Wi-Fi connected. It does not require a hub at all. Uh, works with HomeKit, Google Home, and uh, Alexa. Oh, because I said the G word. You think I'm talking to you, huh? Of course it does. Of course it does. Why well, I don't like you. Uh <laughs> Hold on. There we go. Okay. So uh, definitely a keeper. These are, uh, what do they call them? RGB or something. They change color, like all kinds gotcha. of colors. Right. So you can go in through the home app, actually. You don't even have to use the Maris app, which I was afraid of, but don't have to use the Maris app. You can do all of the color changing in the home app. Uh, you can save some presets. I think there's like five or six presets that you can save uh, to quickly switch between specific colors, uh, or you can go in and just make up a color. They have a color wheel, so anybody that is really you know interested in making very very, uh, basically you can customize the color to where you kind of want it to, uh, mm-hmm. and save it as a preset if you choose to do so. Here's what happened. So I played with the colors for a little bit with the kids, and we settled on green and left it green. Uh, it's like a neon green or something. Tia goes in finally and plays around with the light bulb and she tweaks it and turns it just to a regular, you know, white light, but she's able to tweak the temperature. So, you know, a lot of times <laughs> you're buying LED bulbs and there's warm or there's cool. Well, she was able to tweak that that particular type of setting to exactly where she wanted it. Uh-huh. So then I get a text message that says, oh, I love this light bulb. You now have to buy all these light bulbs for everywhere. And I was like, oh, man, they cost 40 bucks for two. Like that ain't about to happen. How many light bulbs you got? Uh, t- how many light bulbs in my house total? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I have no idea. Come on, I figured but, you'd know that number by now, so you can start saving up the money. Uh, uh-uh, uh, uh. Uh-uh. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to go look for. Because the thing is, she just wants to be able to adjust the color temperature of a white gotcha. light. So what I'm going to try to find is smart lights, and maybe Maris has some. Maybe they don't. I haven't looked yet. Uh, but just find smart Wi-Fi bulbs that work with HomeKit that allow you to adjust the uh, the temperature of the white light so she can get that balance exactly where she wants it. And mm-hmm. buy those because I do expect that they will be somewhat cheaper. Uh, Hopefully. The color changing lights are always more expensive because they yeah. change colors. So did the kids get mad that it was no longer green? Oh, no. They, they kind of stopped paying attention to yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't it care anymore. Just, as long yeah, as the lights care. work. Yeah, they, they really ain't care. Uh, I am going to buy them some LED lights for Christmas from uh, Marriage, though, that work with HomeKit. Uh, get each kid a string of them to put up in their uh, room to do stuff. I didn't know they had um, the uh, light strings. Yes, they do. So okay. I'm going to pick up some of those. Uh, 
I'm going to have to look at the that show because... at yourownpay.com slash DM100, and I'm guessing Michael is going to go to yourownpay.com slash DM100 and click yep. on some of these links yeah, I think uh, so. and check I these things so. out. Because Mallory has some light strings in our room that do me absolutely no good, but they do show up in the Bluetooth devices when I go add a new Bluetooth device. <laughs> <laughs> And it took me forever to figure out. I'm like, what is this Bluetooth device? This I just don't understand device? it. Man, yeah. see, I will be tearing yeah. up the house trying to figure out what it is. Uh-huh. It's like, man, somebody don't drop something in my house. Right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they do have a string of LED bulbs um, that work with all three home assistants that I am familiar with. Uh that being HomeKit and Alexa and that other one that I'm not saying because I don't need this pixel talking to uh, He'll set all your guys' A-ladies off, but he doesn't, he doesn't care about that one. But when it nope. comes to Google. Sure don't. Sure don't. <laughs> I've been playing with Home Assistant. It's not oh, yeah. as much as I've wanted to. I, I got distracted with other things and stuff, but it was kind of cool to just load up Home Assistant. So for those who don't know, Home Assistant is a tool you can install on a Raspberry Pi or an old computer, which I will probably move mine to an old computer that we have upstairs not doing anything. But right now it is a... Uh, Bridge between my Sonos and my, um, what's that thing I have in the kitchen? Nest Hub, I think is what it's called. I don't know anymore. Uh, and so I can control that. I don't know anymore. From, right. <laughs> I can control that from a web interface. And then there's other tools that go alongside with it. The problem that I have is I don't have a lot of smart home devices right now. Although I think now that I'm saying this, I might be able to get RoboVac connected. So when I start playing, let's get the party started from pink, then the RoboVac will start going and, and see how that goes. So I don't, I, I don't have automated tasks that I want to do right now. And again, we go back to what we started talking about at the beginning of this episode. If I don't have a problem to be solved, then I'm going to be less likely to get as involved with it. But it, it looks fairly accessible. I can do everything from it. It's a nice web interface. It be, Since it's local, obviously it goes pretty fast. All the YouTube research I have found says to connect an external SSD to your Raspberry Pi because apparently you can only read writes or I guess write so much to an SD card and then that wears it down. I did go pick up a two terabyte USB USB SSD. That's a lot of letters uh, on Amazon for $60. And that's been nice to be able to move some of my data to. Um, but I'm not going to plug that in to be just used for the Raspberry Pi. Someone actually made a recommendation on YouTube to go pick up like a 128, 128 gigabyte SSD that connects via USB, spend like $20, $25 on it, and that should be plenty for a Raspberry Pi. And the firmware does not allow the Raspberry Pi at least older firmware doesn't uh, allow the Raspberry Pi to boot from a USB drive, but it looks like there's easy to follow directions to fix that. Hmm. Well, I thought the initial problem to be solved with a uh, home assistant was you wanted to be able to control the air conditioner. Yes. And then that looked a little too complicated for me. Because there's not a direct integration from what I found out. Ah, okay. So I'd have to go write my own integration. So I guess that is a problem to be solved to teach me about programming. Yeah, you know, it probably just uses Python. You were playing around with that anyway. Yeah, probably. 
but the air conditioning working without any issues is something that I'm not willing to take a risk with because I value my life. Mallory, violence really isn't the way to solve any problems. You should use your words. Oh, Demasi, I love how you imagine that she listens. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you heard in the background. She goes, I can hear you. (laughs) She heard me, but but not you. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's the whole point. Uh, yeah, you did tell me about Home Assistant and that it could be run off of a old computer. I am pro- so I repurposed my MacBook Pro because um, I said I was going to talk about this when we first before we got all the way into the show. So my Intel MacBook Pro, which is a 2015 uh, 13 inch MacBook Pro, uh, I was going to send it back to Apple. Apple didn't want to send me a box without me calling them up and going through a whole bunch of stuff. I didn't feel like talking to nobody just to get a box. So I didn't send it back to him. It's only 150 bucks. I was going to buy Tia an Apple Pencil with that uh, gift card, but you know it's still here. I set up Plex on it Friday. Oh. Uh, and I now am in the process of getting audio books added in because I'm using Prologue on my phone and I am setting it up on, I have it set up on Tia's phone and um, Link's iPad. Yeah, I got to get it set up on uh, Lincoln's iPad, but it is on, on Damia's. Uh, and the problem would be solved here. What made me finally sit down and do this is, number one, I had been using the Pixel phone, and it was annoying me because I didn't have Audible on my iPhone. The reason Audible is not on my iPhone because that was supposed to be the driving force to make me get Plex set up and get this audiobook thing uh, rocking. Well, I was having problems. Oh, man, that hurt. Hold on one sec. Oh, well, he's recovering from his brief period of pain. I want to thank uh, Derek for hanging out with us this whole time, Stevie for joining us, and Tia for hanging out with us this whole time as well. All right, man. We got people rocking out. Where's Jeff? I don't know. I even texted him. <laughs> so, Jeff, when oh, you hear this episode, Jeff, it's your really? fault that you didn't hear it. He, he's probably doing that thing called work because he has uh, weird work schedule hours. Yeah, that's always his excuse. He's doing that thing called work. Yeah, it's always what he says. It's always what he says, man. Uh, so, hold on. You gotta remember where I was. Okay, so I was having problems trying to connect and mount an external drive to my Raspberry Pi because there's no way I have enough storage on an SD card to store all of the books and, and the subsequent you know movies that would also be added to Plex. I got kind of tired of fighting with it and trying to figure it out. So I stepped away for a while and Friday I was just super annoyed with this pixel. So I just started setting up Plex on the MacBook Pro. I already had the MacBook Pro set up because uh, I also tried boot camping it, which didn't work. I will try that again at some point. Uh, but got Plex installed, set it up, uh, pointed Plex at a folder for audiobooks. Now the steps for anybody interested are, you know, set up your Plex server on a device. It can be a Mac, Windows computer, uh, Synology, if you happen to have one of those, uh, several devices, any of the devices that will run a Plex server. To set it up to work with audiobooks, you want to create a new library. You're going to use music as the library type, so not video, not 
not uh, pictures, none of that. You want to use music as the video type. Uh, I will drop a link in the show notes because I don't want to mistell anything right here, but there will be a link in the show notes that, that tells you which check boxes to check and uncheck specifically to make sure that this will work correctly for you. But once you have that library created, you point Plex at a folder that contains some audio books. Here's what I learned because I messed this up the first time. That folder structure should look like this. Call your top level folder, whatever you want. I call mine books up under that folder or inside of that folder. You want to, you can tell, I think a lot in directory structures because I always say under uh, uh. versus in. Uh, he's an old DOS guy. You got to give him, give him a break, <laughs> man. Uh, but inside of that books folder or whatever, it doesn't have to be called books. I'm just using this as an example. But inside of the books folder, create a folder for each author. So J.K. Rowling, um, uh, Brad Thor, uh, Tom Clancy, right? And then inside of there, just put the book files that belong to those authors. Uh, some people recommend putting the book uh in its own subfolder up under the author i did that with the harry potter series i have not done it with subsequent books it has not created a problem at all okay uh now i am using open audible to download my audible books and uh convert them to m4b or mb4 whatever that format is yeah uh because that preserves chapters and it also grabs and preserves all of the metadata. So when I'm looking at the Harry Potter books, for example, I see that Sorcerer's Stone is book one of the Harry Potter series, you know, okay. inside of the app that I'm using. Now, once that is set up, uh, you want to use, uh, on iOS, I am using an app called Prologue uh, that is specifically developed to connect to your Plex library and uh, act as an audiobook player. This is an app that one is completely accessible. There's some nice rotor actions on, on books and things like that uh, and authors. And uh, it actually functions uh, sort of like if you remember how smooth and comfortable, comfortable the old Audible was before mm-hmm. they started, you know, trying to get into all these other businesses yep. uh, and t- stuffing all of their crap in the Audible app. Very much like that. Uh, layout is a little bit different, but very much like that. Extremely comfortable. Uh, 100% accessible. Is it only iOS? It, unfortunately, it's only iOS. I have not yet found a solution for Android uh, that can do the same thing. I do believe one exists. I just have not found one yet because uh, I haven't looked. What about macOS? Uh, I don't listen to audiobooks on macOS, so I didn't even check. Right, but can you access your media from like a web browser or is that not something you can do with Plex? Ah, so with Plex, yes, you can go to the web and access your stuff from a website. That is actually how I have done one of the clever things and one of my reasons for doing this again, the problem to be solved, right? Uh, Trademark Allison Sheridan, 1997, (laughs) probably somewhere back there when she was working for that big company that she can't mention. But one of the problems I wanted to solve is my kids like audiobooks. They love listening to audiobooks. Uh, but Audible or Amazon, whoever you want to blame, in their infinite wisdom, have not decided to give parents a way to 
reduce or restrict what audiobooks their kids can see unless you're using a Kindle device. I will say that if you have a Kindle, you do have the capability of doing this, which lets me know it can be done. But let's say on an iPad, nope, if I sign into the Audible app on my kid's iPad, they're going to see every freaking book I got in there. And there's stuff that they shouldn't be reading, uh, either because they won't understand it or it's violent or it has cuss words, whatever the case may be. So one of the reasons I wanted to set this up with Plex once I learned about the Prologue app is I, at least at minimum, at bare minimum, figured I would have to create a kid's library kids book library uh inside of plex and just throw all of their kids kids books in there didn't have to do that all of my audio books are in one library but what i was able to do and i used the web interface to do this because i think that's the only way to do it uh is in the plex web interface is i went in and say selected all of the harry potter books and then i hit the edit button and i changed a tag on the book or added a tag to the book called kids and then when i set up the kids uh restricted access accounts uh, for the audiobooks library that I gave them access to, they can only see books that have that tag kids on it. Uh, if it does not contain that tag, they will not see it. That's kind of cool. That That is kind of cool. I have to admit. So are you running Plex on macOS or is it yep. its own install of an OS? No, it is running on macOS inside okay. of macOS Mojave to be exact because that's what was on this MacBook. Uh, but yeah, no, it is running. I, I downloaded and installed and set up the macOS version of the Plex server. Okay. Huh. You probably can do something similar with Home Assistant if I remember right. I think you can just pull it in and run it alongside because it runs on port 8123 by default. And so I think you should be able to run both of those tools at the same time if you're interested. Yeah, I'm going to investigate that. Uh, I sat down and did the Plex thing because I was just super annoyed. And I was right. like, okay, well, let's just put it on this MacBook because it's already set up. Like, it's, it's, I can log in and go do it. Let's go do it and just get that part done. I can always shift things over if I need to at some later date. But yeah, I'm definitely going to look at Home Assistant. Uh, and I do remember you telling me that once you, if you take Home Assistant, I could install that on the MacBook Pro and then, you know, install Plex alongside that and have that work. Uh, I don't remember the exact details that you gave me, but you did tell me that and share some information with that as well because uh, I think you sent me a link to a, a tutorial and a YouTube video if I'm yep. not mistaken yep. so I want to play with remote incident manager those who don't know this is a tool that's been around for 14 years now but it's just now getting gaining traction because it was primarily created for the enterprise market. And what it'll let you do is it will let you control a remote computer. Um, and this is the cool part about it with a screen reader or without a screen reader. So it doesn't that is matter. The cool part about it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the remote computer has a screen reader. Uh, I lied to Demasi because I was misinformed. It does not work with Mac OS right now. They are working on trying to be able to get that support, at least to be able to control remote computers from a Mac OS computer. It shouldn't be too difficult because it is an electron application right now, which makes some cringe, but because Matt designed it to be fully accessible, everything's labeled. It's a pretty simple interface. I haven't played with it with a computer. That's 
That's honestly what made me go set up an Azure account is I wanted to set up a Windows desktop virtual environment to control a remote computer. But then I remembered that I have a computer in the other room. So I'm going to play with it on that (laughs) computer in the other room first and then go through the process of trying to set up an Azure server, mainly because I don't really need a Windows computer on all the time. A Mac computer in the cloud wouldn't be bad because then I could run something like Hazel. But right now I don't have that need for a Windows computer to always be on. But, yeah. I got to tell you, man, I admire, well, we'll see how far you get with it. But I personally did not like Azure. Like I created Oh, man, it's changed. Uh, No, I mean, I tried it recently. Oh, like, like, yeah, I recently set up an account and like I, I did nothing with it. Now, a part of this could be, you know, a little bit of a time crunch because I was working on something uh, and I didn't need it. But I was like, let me go check out Azure so I don't get too deeply embedded in AWS. And then something goes crooked over there and it's like, oh, well, I need to get out of here. I did not really care for their interface. Like it, it, it's not accessibility wise. It's just usability. I was mm-hmm. like, man, this is this is. You know, all I wanted to do was just try to spin up an instance just real quick. That's all I wanted to really do, just really quickly. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, yeah. So basically, my free trial slash credit slash whatever expired before I even got it completely <laughs> set up. Uh, and they sent me a ton of emails during that time uh, about my account, which was also not uh, super great. Right. So I may go back and revisit it at some point. Uh, but much like Google Cloud, which I have also poked at a, a time or two, um, I think I would choose AWS uh, personally. I have done what I needed to do in AWS and then moved on with my day. So someone who has a domain hosted with what, Route 53, I think is the name of their domain service. I'll uh-huh. go in there, make the changes I need to, and then move on with my day. Today, I said, well, I've had it for a couple of weeks, a Pale Media AWS account, which means that there's no resources in there at all. And I'm AWS does great with prompting you on how to get access to the training. And now that I'm actually looking at the interface, I really do like how clean that that console is. And it looks like there's even easier ways to be able to manage the resources that you're using with AWS. But I think you told me there's like 120 different services or maybe more than that that AWS offers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So So, quick tip for anybody using AWS. Um, Search is your friend. Search is absolutely your friend, uh, but here's the thing: like I don't see any of those. Like there, there, you're there's some like 163 or more services that they offer individual services. Uh, some things that they offer that you may hear about are like a combination of them putting together some services to power a thing. I don't see any of that that I don't need. Uh, I pretty much go into AWS, do what I need to do, and then move on with my day. It's not even one of those things that I actually kind of avoid. You know, you have those tasks where you need to go log yep. into this interface to do a thing, and like you Sending put off, you put it off, you put it off, and put it off until you, you know, like I gotta do it because if I don't, uh, something is going to work. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but AWS and it's gotten better than what it used to be. Like they have really cleaned up the interface quite a bit at this point. Uh, for where it used to be, a lot of their consoles are new. Uh, two things. When you first log in, usually um, you're going to be on the, the main page for AWS once you sign in. Uh, I just go straight to search like and just type in SES and down arrow once I hit return and I'm, I'm in the SES console. Um, 
You could also have the ability to add favorites, which I have done, but I still go to the search because that's just that's just how it works. And it seems like your favorites don't sync across your account. Uh, I think they're tied to a cookie in the browser that you're in. So you know, if I log uh-huh. in in a different browser, I don't see the same favorite. So search has been my friend uh, quite a deal. Also, pay attention to the regions menu. Uh, usually you stay in. I've not really experienced where I've ended up in the wrong region uh, other than me not having checked. Um, because sometimes you can create, let's say, let's say an Amazon S3 bucket, right? If you create that in the Virginia, uh, East region, and then you log in and you switch over to the Oregon region, you're not going to see that bucket and it may drive you just a little nuts. Mm -hmm. No, I made this bucket. Where is it? Uh, if that ever happens to you, number one, there's a way for you to view all of your resources across all regions, but also try switching the region. Uh, I think by default, you're in U.S. East 1, Virginia. Right. Uh, but you can switch that region. Uh, for example, your stuff in my account is uh, in the Oregon region because, one, you're on the West Coast. Two, you're actually in Oregon, uh, but also that is one of their West Coast regions. So I just thought it was cool I could put it in your state uh, because Linode and DigitalOcean, while they have servers all over the place, none are in Oregon. Right. California, but typically, not Oregon. But typically what you want to do is just make sure, you know, depending on what the resource is and what it's being used for is, you know, put it geographically closest to where the home person is, is what I attempt to do. So your servers are all in Oregon uh, because a lot of the people that you're hosting on that server are also based in Oregon. Uh, so just makes sense. And you can host people in Australia if you have a client over there. Uh, so gives you that flexibility. Yep, absolutely does. They have open days, so they do have coverage in Australia, which is great because I do have a server down there uh, just for Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Yeah, hi, Amanda. Uh, she's got a P4 too. I know. I didn't know she actually got it. I know she was yeah. looking at it. No, she got the P4. She has the P4 and a sure something, another headset uh, condenser mic. Sounds pretty decent. Yeah, good, good. Um, so yeah, had to had to. Uh, she she sent me. I didn't know if she sent it to you or not. She sent me an audio clip of her uh, audio test. She kind of did the thing where I did, where she basically said the same thing using her two different microphones with the P four. So I did she not get happy that. with that, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if she listens. <laughs> uh, she does. She does. So, Home Assistant, random AWS. Wow. Uh, I feel like there was something else we were supposed to talk about, too. Maybe maybe the elephant in the room? I don't know. Oh, episode <laughs> 100. It's all over, man. We're done. We are done. When we leave, when we shut it down, when we stop the recording for today, it's all over. No more DM show. It is gone. But stay subscribed. But stay subscribed because, you know, we may drop some tidbits in there every now and then. And uh, we do have a future thing that we are working on that will come out. So we're not quitting the podcast. We're just uh, we're just closing this one up. We're going to put this one in the icebox for a second. And uh, we will be back. I do want to mention, though, on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 
Uh, I and Marty do a weekly community call through ACB called Unmute. So if you're on the ACB community call mailing list, you can get access to it. Yes, that's me, the Michael, in that call on Tuesdays. And if you want to come and ask your questions, then feel free to do so. We'll pretend like we know what we're talking about. That way you get some sort of answer. And we are working on some podcasting stuff as well. So you'll, you'll be hearing Demasi and myself in multiple capacities uh, for sure. But And if you really want to keep up with what we're doing, go to yourownpay.com slash DM100 so you can get links to the Unmute show and how to join the uh, ACB community mailing list if you're interested mm-hmm. in that. But before you go over there and join their mailing list, you should sign up for the Your Own Pay mailing list because then you'll know before everybody else what we're doing and when we're yeah. doing it. And, and I... I have been not as on top of that mailing list as I should be. So I definitely. That just means it is low traffic and it is not going to annoy you with every little different thing that's going on. You will not get a tons of emails from this list. You should absolutely subscribe because when something's going on and we either one of us thinks it's important enough to tell everybody, you will know about it. You'll know. Especially when we launch this new show. Yes. Except that when Demasi published the episode for uh, July 5th, he did not post a message to the newsletter because I forgot. He, I, did, I almost said that you don't have access to it, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, you can't access my newsletter account. What do you mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, for anybody listening to this is why are they laughing because i host the cindy instance that mike uses for his newsletter so that's why that is so funny (laughs) all right we had a really good joke then we're out of here peace (laughs) (laughs) what would it take for you to consider coming back to sprint in the next 12 months oh really you want to (laughs) know Give me free iPhone 14 pros for everybody. Pros for everyone on my account. And, and don't turn off my, my kid's phone number because he lives in Alaska. Son. Ah, there you go. Don't See? put in the part that I was about to say. Yeah. No. <laughs> my minor son who lives go. in really Alaska. Yeah. For safety reasons. Now you should feel guilty for turning off. Yes, exactly. You really should. (laughs) Hell is wrong with you people, man. And why is domestic roaming a thing in 2022? I just want somebody to answer that question. I I really want an answer to that. Especially between T-Mobile slash Sprint and uh, Verizon and AT&T. Yeah. Again, you know, I pointed out to Mike, like if it was some some fly-by-night, you know, Small company nobody never heard of, U.S. Mobile. I'm sorry, <laughs> U.S. Cellular. Uh, you know, I could possibly see there being an issue there, but we're talking the three biggest majors care biggest carriers not having an agreement that a customer from T-Mobile slash Sprint can roam freely in Alaska, which is a part of the United States. I will point out. So, <laughs> not really understanding the whole problem. Not but, to mention, you cut off his kid's phone. But because. Deutsche.com owns T-Mobile. You can go internationally and roam with your phone just fine on T-Mobile networks. That has got to be some of the dumbest shit I've heard. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, 
It is. It oh, is. maybe they don't real. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that because it's not true. <laughs> maybe they don't realize Alaska is actually a part of the U.S., but, you know, they got to know that, right? I would hope that so. That can't be the reason. I wonder. Mm, I'm going to make the comment. I'll leave it in the show because I'm not going to do too much editing. But I wonder if they're mistakenly putting him in Russia. So I got to believe that the cell coverage and the satellites can't be that off. <laughs> Yeah, can't be that off. And it was also happening before this guy started, yeah. you know, cutting the food. Yep. Hey, we still stand with Ukraine. Yep. Yes. No, we ain't mentioned it in a while, but uh, right. yep, we still stand with Ukraine. Yeah, uh, this has yeah. been an ongoing issue since we got them. But again, Nicholas stayed in Alaska for a couple more weeks than normal. And that's what this year. And that's what got it turned yeah. completely off. Yeah. I, I still think it's a load of crap, though, because it doesn't, it, it, it should not exist at this point. And it's not like he talks on his phone as much as I do. Like he, that kid, he's sometimes hard to get to answer his phone because he doesn't want to talk on the phone. Text me or send me a voice message or something. (laughs) Smart kid, man. I want to be like him when I grow up. I want to talk to people. (laughs) Or or if he wants to be on a call, he wants to be on a video call, which, of course, isn't data. Well, it's data, but he uses Wi-Fi for that. So, yeah, Yeah. I think. Probably most likely. (laughs) No, no, they're just looking at where his phone is hitting towers at. That's that's really what it boils down to. Because he, he, I doubt that his, because outside of you being the only person that's not near everybody else that he would probably talk to is right there, you know, with him. Yep. I mean, he's what, 12. Right. He ain't all out in the back country all by himself on his four wheeler or nothing yet. So, gee. Well, it is Alaska. Yeah, but, you know, (laughs) he's 12. So I don't really have any more, do you, Demasi? We're at 70 minutes. I feel like there was something that we were going to talk about, but of course I didn't put it in a document anywhere. Do you want me to tell you what it was? I know exactly what you're thinking. What is it? Well, he never showed up, but Jeff wanted to ask some questions about gravity ways. Ah, that is what it was. Yep. Yep. So what are your initial uh, thoughts of gravity ways since you picked it up? Um, I like it. I, I think the uh, investment of the pro version uh was worth it for me because i am going to be using it on several sites i'm already using it on several sites um essentially what the perks do like there are a couple that i think are critical uh to have in certain scenarios like the uh populate anything perk which i went over before i think that might have been dm 96 or talked about that uh but basically it allows you to pull data from all over wordpress um I even saw a write-up of somebody using it to pull data from a Google Sheet to populate stuff into WordPress or into a Gravity form. So, a uh, kind of cool. lot of lot of flexibility there. Jeff, I do have an affiliate link. If you're gonna buy it, all right. So, you got a backup recording on your end? Son of a bitch. If you don't, that's fine. I'll work with it. But for some reason, I just had an inkling to look at my computer and I got a weird error message that said something went wrong with clean feed and we'll try to preserve all your recordings for you, but you should reload your page. And then I lost audio for you. So I heard everything you said. I will clean it up to the best of my ability and I'm re-recording now. Uh, but yeah, so I was gone for like 20 seconds. I Oh, son of a bitch. Jeez, man, you act like we've never done this before. 
<laughs> Guess what I didn't do in audio hijack? I did not go back and turn the recording blocks on. We got the live stream working. You know, that happens. <laughs> you would think we'd never done this before. Right. Wow, they made it to 100 episodes and look. Hey, hey, we have told people, always have a backup. Do what we say, not what we do. Always have a backup recording, though. <laughs> always have a backup. And normally I would. For some reason, I didn't. Oh, uh-huh. because I think we got, I got hung up with Clean uh, Feed because you couldn't yeah. hear me. And then yep. I didn't, yep. And I hadn't been back into audio. I had to ask you find my audio hijack window because it was uh, way <laughs> somewhere, man. Because I, yeah. So, nope. No backup recording this time. Well, so in in summary, uh, Gravity Forms and Gravity Wiz. I love their emails and their blog. It's <laughs> it's pretty cool because <laughs> they are they, really leaning into that whole wizard thing, man. Like, yeah, I like they it. are. Yeah, it, it is super cool. So if you didn't catch that on the recording, Jeff Demasi does have an affiliate link. You should have caught that on the recording. But if you are interested, let him know. Yeah. If you got questions, Jeff, well, I mean, you, if you're you interested, can't go to youronpay.com slash TM100 and just click the freaking link there. And that'll be well, Demasi's affiliate link. That'll be an affiliate link. And Jeff, I mean, you could just call me, dude. Like, yeah. you, know, you don't have to, you know. You don't have to call Mike. I have to call Mike <laughs> and be like, can you talk about this on the show? Uh, or however that conversation <laughs> went. Like, uh, look, Jeff. You're one of the few people who does have the ability to actually just call me. <laughs> to be and, honest and, about and, it. And he'll actually answer you. Man, yeah. or call you back at least. Yeah, this Verizon thing. Verizon is trying to be smarter than what they what they are. Someone called me, and I hadn't added her to my contacts yet. Right, uh-huh. I just I haven't gotten around it. I know the number, but it said Teresa, and then the person's last name. I'm like, I don't know that person. Like that, I no, I'm not going to answer. Come to find out, it was the person who I thought it was, but it was it was their primary account holder on their Verizon account. And so that's why it threw me off. So, yeah. Oh, no. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, I think they have done that for a while, though, because you 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 have or you used to have the ability for a sub-account users to have the number show up with their name. Yep. Uh, yep. They sent me a text message to tell me how to do it. And I think that's ultimately how I figured out, oh, that's, they must not have went in and changed the name on that sub number. Cause then I went back and like, that's not Teresa. That's someone else. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, yeah. Now I wonder if you added this person to your contacts, would it cease Would Verizon cease to show it, you? It'll pull account? the contact over the uh, name gotcha. on the Verizon account. Gotcha. I did research that. After my experience. Cool. So. But in summary, um, Gravity Perks from GravityWiz.com is, I think, a, an excellent investment if you do a lot of heavy, a lot of work with Gravity Forms. If you're constantly using Gravity Forms everywhere on sites, I think it is a good investment. A uh, lot of flexibility, a lot of little niceties just to help things along, and a lot of powerful you know you can make something crazily complex and like man like that's all the gravity form (laughs) so check it out gravity form solves all your problems it absolutely does and gravity whiz just makes it magical All right. I would like to thank everybody who is in Club Deck as I try to find Club Deck to see who you people are. But I do appreciate all of you. Uh, Well, thank you, too, for hanging out the whole time. Uh, I guess everybody else got bored. Man, Doug, that Doug, that Doug guy, man. I thought Doug, wait, was that our Doug? Yes. Or was that another Doug? Yes, I can't believe Doug ran out of here. Okay. I know. I know. 
See how it is, man. He got he got yeah. bored with us talking about shit he already knows about. <laughs> and and we go back to what we talked about in DM ninety nine. Uh, if you have feedback or you have something you like or don't like about the podcast, please let us know because that'll help shape future plans for podcasts with the two of us. Yep. Because as I said, we're not done podcasting. We're just putting this particular podcast uh, in the icebox. But I do encourage anyone listening, as Michael pointed out uh, wisely, because I would have forgot to say it at the time. Stay subscribed to the feed uh, because that'll be one way to not only maybe get some bonus content that we may put together, may or may not, just depends on how things goes. But we will most for certainly uh, drop the uh, intro episode or whatever you call it, whatever the official podcast or time. I don't know what I'm doing, man. I just show up and talk. Uh, <laughs> we will you want to just show up, drop and a talk. trailer in there. Uh in this feed to the new thing that we're doing. So uh, stay subscribed, if, uh, but you really should just go to youronpay.com and uh, opt into the newsletter because that'll yeah. be a guaranteed way to get there. Youronpay.com slash support is still a thing. Uh, so, you know, hey, you want to help us out there? You can do that. We appreciate all donations are accepted and appreciated. Uh, if you just want to show up and talk, uh, and have an episode c- come out of that conversation, uh, reach out to Michael at Michael at Payon.media. Yep. Uh, because he does this stuff. This is what he does. I just show up. Like, I'm I'm sort of like the talent except not really. Uh, but I show up and just talk, and then Mike handles all the rest of this stuff. Uh, so, yeah, reach out to him over there uh, if you have any uh, needs in the media space, uh, podcasting, hosting. Live streaming live streaming or you know as i said there there's you know capabilities there for you to show up with your co-host or guest and just do your podcast just do it you don't even have to push any buttons just show up man if only just do it wasn't already taken (laughs) (laughs) you know when desiree said just press record the other day i was like oh man you probably are gonna have to change that uh yeah, because because they they don't even have to press record, you know. Well, they don't have to press record, but yeah, I was thinking but I like about the actual app. Like, yeah, I wonder yeah. if the app app name is trademarked, though, right? Uh, yeah, in yeah. relation to it, like, oh man, just press record. Like, geez, that they, they there's an app called that. It's on my watch right now. Uh huh. I hadn't used it in a while, but it's app. still there. I love it. I've been using it quite a bit, actually. Been recording oh. random things. Um. I have one last thing that I'll bring up as a topic, and then if you have anything, go for it. My question for you, my answer to the question that I will ask is probably a redesign of the Your Own Pay website for me will be my next major project. What's your next major project that you're going to work on in the near future? Probably a redesign of (laughs) yourownpay.com. Yeah, yeah, probably. Because that, that's got to be done. We've been working yeah, that, that, half Yeah, that needs to be yet. done. Well, we, we've been, I mean, ideas have come come up, things that we want to implement. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to re-architect some of the, the way that the underlying stuff works. Uh, I would like to engineer a better routing of, of stuff so that, you know, I don't have to use a redirection plugin to get things to work the way that they want to work. So ultimately what I would like people to be able to do is go to your own pay.com slash DM slash 100. Uh, don't uh, do that now. 
No. Because that's not going to work. But ultimately, that's what I would like to be able to do. As we're adding more shows to the network, uh, I, I would like to have that that cleanliness there for that. So that is probably the next large project uh, or, or fairly big project because, again, we have to also preserve everything that has been done prior here when it comes to content, right? Because we want to preserve the SEO. So it's not like we're just going to start building a brand new site from scratch and just scrap the old one. Nope. We got to incorporate the stuff that's already there. So we keep that SEO juice that we got going on with your own pay.com. Yeah. Uh, I would say another project that I will probably be working on that I think is going to be fairly complex is eventually getting around what she is ready to uh, building up to your site for her company and her, her, um, personal care product business. Maybe she needs to talk to my sister too. They could do something together. <laughs> that could be, that could be yeah. a thing. Yeah. We'll talk about that offline. But I guess this is the last time that I'm going to say it, unless you have anything else, show notes and more information are available at your own pay.com slash DM 100. I'm on Twitter at pay on P A Y O W N. He's on Twitter at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E, and the show's on Twitter, which we never use. At the DM series. That's because nobody else ever uses it. Right. If they would at mention the DM series, you know, then you know something might happen there. I mean, Mike mentioned me in a tweet the other day, and I actually retweeted it. I quote tweeted it. I said, yep. And then I said, <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.